What's up, what's up everyone? Welcome to another week of the GoLink Show. My name is Ben, the host and founder of GoLink. GoLink is a supportive community of growth junkies and life learners embracing weekly challenges. Each week we find a new way to level up and learn something new. So it could be a cold shower, waking up at 5 a.m., a kind act, taking yourself on a date, journaling, meditating, various fitness activities, and much more. These challenges are inspired by mission-driven brands that align with our values. So if you're crazy like me and you love to level up and you're always looking for ways to evolve and grow and step into your fullest potential, then GoLink is just for you. Join us every week on social media to participate in these weekly challenges. Embrace the challenge with me at GoLink Group. The GoLink Show, this podcast, recounts experiences from life enthusiasts with a unique perspective. So they could be a mother, a teacher, business owner, coach, entrepreneur, somebody with many years of experience, or someone just stepping into their arena. Wherever they are in life's journey, we all have a story to tell. So we delve into the struggles that we come across during our journey. How do we find the will to make it through? What role does failure play in our lives? What tools and lessons have we learned from those difficult experiences? Let's talk about the process and not just the result. We discuss this and much more in the show. Thanks for tuning in. This week we have Chelsea Hester on the show and this was cool because we had this interview on both of our first days of full-time entrepreneurship. She is a soulful food and body image coach and she left her full-time job just like I did. So it was cool to really do this interview on our first day of really jumping into it. And this episode is for anyone who has or had a tempestuous relationship with food. If you've ever felt guilty due to food, which I assume is most of us, then this is you. Or looking in the mirror and judging yourself, this is you. She's really focused on healing people's relationship with food and our bodies, exploring a soulful centered place away from obsessing over body image. So learn about subliminal messaging and marketing and how it could be affecting your body image. Learn how to respond to people commenting on your weight, what you're eating and the amount you're eating, etc. Um, she, even the last year of grad school, I think it was, or undergrad, I can't remember, probably grad school, she did a dissertation and she gave up mirrors in her home for Lent. Super interesting, fascinating, not saying that you have to give it or you know get rid of all your mirrors, but an interesting topic. And she even asked me to challenge her, and I do. Uh, and we have a great conversation. So perk up your ears, get ready, and we are doing a marketing awareness challenge with Chelsea this week and her program, and she's giving away 30-minute calls 30-minute coaching calls to anyone who participates. Anyone. So anyone out there, stay tuned for the challenge after because you can just chat for Chelsea for free. So here's the interview. Enjoy. Chelsea, how are we doing today? Doing well. <laughs> doing well. Yes. Um, so it's cool today because you and I, today is September 9th, and today is our very first day of full-time entrepreneurship. That is so true. September 9th, 2019. Let it be known. So this is cool, right? Because it's just serendipitous that both of us are embarking on this journey. Yep. Yeah. So props. How does it feel? Really exciting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't know if it's set in yet. Like today's the first day I haven't mm -hmm. woken up and gone to my full-time day job. Probably same for you. Yeah. yeah. So, so does it feel weird to you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah it does like what is that the weirdest part of like like waking up or and not going 
uh-huh and feeling like this identity i've kind of had for the past year and a half i'm mm. i'm switching and transitioning stepping into my role um yeah. as a coach and business owner and yeah, doing cool. it yeah um and today you actually had jury duty for your first which is pretty funny that is true <laughs> first time mm. ever yeah. i was not chosen to sit on a jury so you were I not was, chosen. I was dismissed at, after a few hours. That's yes. good. And then, yeah, this is cool, man. I mean, embarking on this journey, what made you, you were asking me as we were preparing, like what made you, what made me really take the jump? Mm-hmm. So what made you take the jump into this, like full time? Yeah, um, it was a bit of a combination between knowing that my business could only grow as much space as I provided for it in Mm -hmm. my schedule so some of it was logistical of I work one-on-one with clients and so yeah you know I can only see as many clients as I have free hours in my day and then another part was just it was a very natural transition point at my other job so I was kind of getting signs from both directions um like what signs um there were some staff changes Mm -hmm. at my job and it just felt uh, mainly the sign was in my gut. Mm-hmm. Me and my gut are pretty close. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I just felt a pretty, a very strong pull towards stepping out. Um, I saw some job postings for like random supplemental income. So I'm a dancer. So I got a job as a dance teacher um, and I got a job at a daycare working with infants. Mm-hmm. So those are two jobs that I know will make me very happy. And they just kind of landed in my lap. And mm. I was like, great. I'll be my own boss and have these little side jobs. That's cool. And it was similar to me of just the feeling in your gut. Mm -hmm. And I think that's hard for people to understand. Like you just have this feeling and you just follow it. Yep. But what doubts did you have going? Like you said, you're, you and your gut are good buddies. Yeah. But what doubt did you have? On paper, you know, on paper, the numbers don't look super great. Like uh, just <laughs> knowing, yeah. like, you know, really though, like knowing Me how neither. much money I need to bring in and mm-hmm. what I'm. And so there's an element of trust of like trusting this pull, trusting yes. this instinct that mm-hmm. um, something bigger than me is going to help this work out. Yeah. And again, I'm so stoked that this is both of our first day. Because for real, it does like when you, when you don't have a business, I mean, I don't know. Cause like side businesses often don't just like take off like they could, and mm-hmm. you might have to quit your full-time job. Like it's just a must, mm-hmm. but you know, and then some people advise like, well, wait till you're at least making half. And then it's like, okay. And then you can make up your other half once you dedicate your time. Um, but it sounds for like both of us, like I'm not making any money right with this Mm -hmm. and it's it's, yeah it's just that feeling of one it's just not about the money i plan on making one of my goals is like a million a year Mm -hmm. and but it's more than money i know i'm gonna get it's just like impact yeah and i'm so fortunate that i have you know another stream of income that allows me to do this and i can truly just focus on the impact Mm -hmm. And it sounds like that's what your side jobs can help you do is like, like not selling out, you know, quotations, but just 
focusing on the impact and the work that you want to do. Absolutely. So you are a soulful food and body coach. Yes. <laughs> That's right. What does that mean? <laughs> that means I help people mm-hmm. heal their relationships with food and their mm-hmm. bodies. Um, and the soulful element means that I'm taking the emphasis off of food. The goal is to take mm-hmm. emphasis off of food and your body image altogether. So part of that healing huh. journey, we do need to explore those relationships. But then the end goal is really to get people living more heart-centered, um, soulful lives that are not as fixated and obsessed with image. Okay. So is soulful religious or spiritual at all? Um, I don't come from it with Mm -hmm. that lens. Uh, it's the, one of my core offerings is a three month program where the first month we, it kind of follows a mind, body, spirit, flow month by month and so that third month is cultivating whatever your version of spirit soul intuition higher self true self Mm -hmm. um would be uh and i'm trained in transpersonal counseling psychology so i did go to graduate school at a buddhist inspired university oh let's talk about this that's fascinating yeah what school naropa Where's in that? Boulder, Colorado. Okay. You seem like you're from Boulder. <laughs> <laughs> I have, I, I do love Boulder. I found Boulder's my people. <laughs> Boulder, Boulder's awesome. Yeah. So what brought yeah. you to Greenville? Um, my partner's family is from Greenville. Uh, okay, yeah. Okay. And you're yeah. recently engaged. engaged. Congrats. That's Thank awesome. Thank you. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like how long have you been here? Two years now. Two years. Yeah. I've been here seven months. Yeah. You're a newbie. Yeah. I just met someone um at a coffee shop he's been here two weeks and it was weird because i used to be that person Mm -hmm. i'm like damn i'm not the new guy (laughs) nope nope but it was funny he had a new puppy a new golden retriever i'm like oh man that should have been my move dude like (laughs) i should have got a puppy it would have made the transition a lot easier but i'm happy yeah that i'm here um so you ready for some hard questions yeah you're up for it let's do it i love your vibe (laughs) Um, so how did you get to the space of like, what is your experience that led you to wanting to coach it? Totally. So I grew up a dancer. Mm -hmm. Um, I still do dance. Um, and in the dance world, for those who don't know, Mm -hmm. it is saturated with, um, uh, unhealthy body image, unhealthy, uh, relationships with food. There eating disorders are prevalent. Um, is there like a percentage or anything that, you know, I can't quote a stat. I don't a lot, a Mm. lot. Um, and for people who don't meet diagnosis for a clinical eating disorder, just the amount of guilt and shame that people feel about their bodies, even if they're not engaging in behaviors is probably universal. Did you grow up? So you grew up dancing. Did Mm -hmm. you do it professionally at all? Um, in Boulder I did. So I took, there was like a, when I graduated high Mm. school, that meant, so there was like a six year gap between graduated high school, did life, went to undergrad, Mm -hmm. then moved to Boulder. And then while I was in grad school, I danced professionally as well. So what does that look like? Um, I performed in musicals and did Mm. six shows a week. Six shows a week. Yeah. And you were singing too? Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. It was my dream. Yeah, that that's pretty that's pretty rad. Yeah, that you got to do that. I did. And then, like, what kind of dancing did you do when you were growing up? 
uh, tap ballet, jazz, modern, tumbling. Okay. You name All of it. it. You're going All ham. All of it. All right. Yeah. So what happened yeah. next? So body image stuff. <laughs> I had my own stuff. Um, just growing up, I'd internalized all these messages <laughs> that I had received growing up about what my body's supposed to look like. And even just the languaging in dance is all about basically be smaller, way less, be smaller. Do they come way out less. and say that? Um, some some teachers do, yes. Just like be small, be skinny. Like, yeah, you need to lose weight if we're going to cast you for Ugh. this. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so lots of uh, disordered thoughts, I guess you could say, that I was just kind of carrying around with me. Undergrad happened. That was a pretty rough time. I just had a difficult undergrad experience. Then I took two years off between undergrad and grad. And th- mm-hmm. I'd say that's when I started kind of doing my own healing and cool. peeling back layers of all the different messages I'd learned over the years. That's when I realized I wanted to go back to school and get my master's in counseling. Mm. And so then two years later, moved to Colorado. I lived there for a year. Then I started grad school and kind of just, I didn't know I was going to specialize in eating disorders, but based on my own story and what I was drawn to. And also I just love working with women. Mm -hmm. Eating disorders definitely occur in men. However, the majority of clients that are actively seeking treatment right now are female. Um, And so I was just drawn to working with like young women Mm -hmm. and I had my story. And so I specialized in eating disorders, did my practicum working with eating disorders in grad school then post-grad school kind of made the transition into working as a food and body image coach instead of a therapist right now. That's where I am now. That's cool. So with your experience, like, is there a very specific memory that you have of that, like kind of inspires you day to day that helps you remember your why? That's a great question. Um, I think just, I can just remember, I don't know if it's a specific memory, but I Mm -hmm. can remember very strongly like the visceral feeling of shame and Mm. what it feels like to just walk around feeling like you're broken and feeling like there is something wrong with me solely because of the way I look. And I also know what it's like to not be carrying that layer of shame and the freedom and the joy that I have found since Mm. doing my own healing back in like 2012, 2013, I'd say is when I did a lot of my growth. So, So um, how did you know that you, how did you know that you needed to heal or like that feeling of, okay, I want to begin this now. Like, yeah. Where did that come from? Yeah, totally. I met someone else who was struggling and uh, she knew she was struggling. She mm-hmm. was seeking help. And I, it had never crossed my mind that what I was thinking and feeling was something that I could change just because it was so common in the dance world. So you didn't even think about it up until this point. It was like, this is just how it is. Exactly. Okay. And then I met someone. She was telling me all the stuff she was going through. And I was like, yeah, I totally can relate to that. And she's like, uh, yeah, you know, it's a problem, right? <laughs> like, yeah. you know, the, you sh- 
you know, like you could be working to not have these thoughts anymore and you could be working to like move beyond this. And I was like, what? And it just opened my eyes and I was like, great, I'm going to do that work. And I, I did. And then did you do it yourself? Did you go to someone or yeah. what happened? Yeah. I saw a therapist. Um, just a regular old therapist. She specialized in eating disorders. Okay. Um, I don't, I don't think, and people will be like, how do you not know? Um, even <laughs> though I have a master's degree in counseling, I never tried to like diagnose myself. And so I don't know if according to her, I fit a diagnosis mm -hmm. for an eating disorder. Um, but I did see her and that was her specialty. And okay. so we worked together for four years. Okay. So I love this. Four years. How often did you go? Weekly. Weekly. <laughs> and yeah. okay, Chelsea, I love this because so I've only gone to a therapist once in my life. That was this year. I saw. I Yeah, I, that was when you were trying something new, right? Yeah. 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 So yeah, that was one of the challenges like yeah. to ask for help. And four years, man, like that's some people go forever or I didn't forever might sound negative, like much longer than that for a lifetime. Mm -hmm. But when did you start to notice improvement in your, just like what you thought of yourself? Yeah, probably about after a year. Hmm. Yeah. Like that's even a year. Why did you keep going for a year? Like even after probably three months, it's just like the gym. Uh huh. Right. You know, it's like, okay, I've been going to the gym. I've been eating well, but I'm not seeing results mm -hmm. and people quit. Mm -hmm. So what yeah, kept you going? Totally. I am lucky in that I was raised in a flint family where therapy was of high value. That's cool. Yeah. So my parents, I grew up knowing that they went to couples counseling for just as maintenance, not because there was necessarily a I problem, but so mm -hmm. I was just raised in a family and a household where people go to therapy and it's great. And so I think I just mm -hmm. entered in with the mindset of like, this is a long-term thing. Um, it's not like going to the doctor's office. You get a, yep. you know, a medication. You walk out feeling and better. Well, and it's that's debatable. It's, we'll say, we'll we'll go ahead. <laughs> we'll skip. You can you can feel better. Is that what you meant? Yeah. Well, like, like it masks to me. Like I don't know if it's like healing it. Like oh, you oh did. doctors. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Right. I mean, obviously, if it's something serious, but um, if it's like a headache or you know, and it's just you're masking it instead of like totally healing, healing it, it at its from root. deep within. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's I cool. You. I love that mindset that you went in knowing that it's a, for the long haul. Mm -hmm. Do you mm -hmm. still go back at all? I have tried a few therapists here in Greenville. Mm -hmm. I don't want to, uh, you know, they haven't been good. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I have yeah. high standards because it's what I went to school for. Yeah, so I for kind sure. of know a good therapist is when that, I see one. Is that like, <laughs> is that like a pr pressure thing? Like when a counselor or another therapist walks in with another therapist or like, Oh shoot. Like, yeah, they know what I'm doing. I've wondered, I've mm -hmm. wondered. I have never been on the other end. Like I've never been the therapist for uh -huh. another therapist. I would definitely feel nervous though, for sure. Mm -hmm. Um, but I don't know if some of the more experienced therapists feel that way. Yeah. yeah. That that's so do you focus on like self healing or how as opposed to mm, as opposed to I guess relying on someone to heal it for you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Do you follow the holistic psychologist on Instagram? 
No. You would like it. Okay. We'll talk about that after, but she's yeah. awesome. Awesome. Um, shout out. But that shout out. But that's <laughs> what she focuses on is like self-healing and like okay, cool. and self-healers. Uh-huh. I'm like, hey, here's my stuff. Use it. Like journaling techniques or reparenting guide. Yeah. And But it's like, of course, sign up and you're on the mailing list or whatever. Yeah. Uh, but it's trying to promote that um, self-healing yes. instead of relying yes. on someone to fix it for Absolutely. you. Absolutely. Yes. I don't know if I've like heard that term before mm-hmm. per se, but yes, that definitely of like, I can guide you. I can provide reflections of, mm-hmm. you know, observations. This is what I notice. I'm noticing these patterns, but then yes, ultimately it is up to you to mm-hmm. do with that information, what you please and to, you know, do the work. It is work. Healing ourselves is work. Mm-hmm. So what's one common thing, like I know you specialize in women, but men too, what's Mm -hmm. just a common self-image doubt or negative thing that people think? I think the most common core belief is that I'm not good enough. Just in general. In general. And I think um, on some level, almost all of us struggle with that in some Mm -hmm. way and for different people that may manifest, um, as their performance, you know, if they're an athlete, it could be Mm. their performance. If it, it could be body image, it could be, um, in relationships. I think it shows up a variety of ways, but especially with the population that I work with, I think there's just this undercurrent of never feeling good enough. Why? Like, I mean, I've felt that. I think everyone does. Mm -hmm. But why? Um, have you looked around you <laughs> recently? You our society, yeah. our society <laughs> does not send us messages that we are enough. Mm. Our society profits off of us feeling broken um, because then they can come up with things that say they'll fix us. Um, like what? What's an like, example? Oh, weight loss pill. Or this new, I mean, just think, just in my field, there's like all these different machines and, oh, this belt you can wear that's going to like suck your cellulite away Uh and like, you know, just all these ludicrous things that people are inventing, all these different pills and supplements and um, not that there's anything wrong, inherently wrong with supplements or, Mm -hmm. um, but it's, it's the marketing that comes along with. That's true. Um. You know, even like uh, Skinny Pop, it's like that's popcorn, right? Yeah, that's popcorn. (laughs) Uh, There's this like marketing ploy that like skinny is good, fat is bad. Um, We're just receiving messages all the time from the world around us that some that we're broken in some way, Mm, and that's without even like thinking about it. It's just subconscious. Because we're so used to it. Yes. Yeah, even something just like Skinny Pop. Yep. Or I bet we could go find something in my apartment. Yep, absolutely. That That's would just, you know. One thing I have my clients do is like go through their the things that are in their house that potentially have these like subliminal messages that they don't even recognize. Um, like what huh. magazines are on your coffee table? Are they magazines that are advertising weight loss? Are they magazines with a you know, a model in a bathing suit that's just, without you even knowing it, you're receiving the message that if I don't look like that, I'm not, you know, worthy of being on the cover of a magazine. Yeah, that's crazy because typically, you know, I think like someone has to tell you 
hey, you're not good enough or you need to lose weight. Mm -hmm. But it's just in the subliminal messaging and marketing. Yep. That's interesting. Yeah. Uh, Like, you know, even things just being labeled like fat free. That's fine. You know, sugar free, fat free. There's this whole we've created this like idea that certain things are good and certain things are bad. Mm -hmm. And so if you eat something that has fat or eat something that's high in sugar, you are internalizing whether you know it or not. Oh, I did something wrong or Mm. I did. um, Yeah, I did something wrong. It feels bad. It feels for some people, unless you've done the work where you can like look at food as neutral as neither good nor bad fats, neither Mm -hmm. good nor bad. Um, but like, think about, you know, I like to think of are you, when you drive down the road, like, do you ever see billboards that are telling you like, you're perfect just the way you are and <laughs> <No>. <laughs> you are good enough and you are lovable. Like we don't receive those messages. There are no, um, hmm. commercials that are telling us that there. Yeah. Wow, you're like, this is crazy because you don't think about it until it's brought up. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's just how society is Mm -hmm. and who knows if it ever change. I don't expect it to change, but we can take that power ourselves. Yes. Right. Yes, absolutely. What's a step? What do we do? Yeah. (laughs) Um, first step I would say is limit the amount that you are hearing those messages. So we can't control other people and we can't tell people to stop sending messages but we can limit if you're listening to the radio turn it down during the commercials or if you're watching tv you can mute it during the commercials um you can be conscious of what uh food you buy and what the packaging says um like i know that there's Mm -hmm. something from trader joe's that like in big letters it's like guilt free blah 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 don't buy that Don't buy that. Don't bring things into your home that are telling you that food should ever make you feel guilty. Um, That's interesting. I mean, it's a good marketing strategy. Oh, absolutely. Guilt-free ice cream. I don't know. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. But we're associating, we don't need to be connecting guilt with food. So what do you do? Like, what, what did you eat today? What did I eat today? I had a granola bar for breakfast and coffee, which was a small breakfast. And it's because I was hurrying to jury duty. (laughs) And then I had a black bean veggie burger and fruit for lunch. It was very good. Yeah. So that's healthy or in quotations that Uh could be, that could be looked at as like, that's good food. Yeah. So the language I use is nutrient dense. Ooh, interesting. Nutrient dense. Yeah. So we have nutrient dense food and then we have food that isn't so nutrient dense, but Hmm. you know, cause like, so what would you tell someone if they're drinking soda every day, Mm -hmm. they have a donut every day and no Mm -hmm. vegetables. Mm -hmm. That's not nutrient dense, not nutrient dense at all. And it's just like, how does that self-talk come in of this isn't where they just say like, Hey, this doesn't have the nutrients to benefit me or like, what does that look like? Yeah. So I think I would need to know a little bit more about that person. If Mm -hmm. they were experiencing any distress, like do they feel, do they like what they're eating? And it's someone else's like, Hey dude, you shouldn't be eating that. Mm. Or are they experiencing distress? Like, 
I feel really guilty whenever I eat this or I experience a loss of control when I eat this or after I eat this, I feel so sleepy and low energy and Mm. I feel really bad about myself. If they're experiencing any of those symptoms, Mm -hmm. then I, I think that just lends itself to having a conversation of exploring perhaps why they could be feeling that way. Um, and yeah, I mean, I mean, I think that in order to say what else I would do, I would need to know a little bit more about that person. Hmm. Um, yes. I think I remember when we first got connected, um, so we were getting connected through because we're both a part of the Nest Fest happening October yes. 19th and 20th, whoop, whoop. which I'm excited. And something about, did you like cover up the mirrors in your house one time yes, or anything? Yes, I sure did. So this is fascinating. Tell me in, about this. In college, my freshman year, mm-hmm. um, I was raised in a Christian household. And so mm-hmm. we always practiced Lent, um, which is the 40 days before Easter where a lot of people like give up things. Um, a lot of people use it as a time, almost like a time to diet or like, like it's become something that I think it wasn't originally intended to be, but lots of people (laughs) are like, I'm going to go without candy for Lent or, you know, whatever. But I was raised to that. It was supposed to be like, give up something that is, Um, hindering you from being close to God. So Mm -hmm. what is going to help you feel closer to God, more connected to God? So back in my 18-year-old self, um, that I knew that my relationship with my body was keeping me from feeling closer to my spiritual self. Mm -hmm. So for 40 days, I covered up all my mirrors, and I gave up mirrors for Lent. That is original. Did you think of that? Yeah. That's such like a cool thing to experience. Yeah. How'd that go? uh, It was the best. I have never had... I I have gone back to mirrors. I do Uh look in mirrors now, (laughs) but I have never gone back to having as many mirrors as I did prior to that experience. Yeah, because that's another thing. Man, this is cool. Like, even probably like the more mirrors you have in your house. Mm Mm-hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. So what does that mean? Like if someone has tons of mirrors, they're probably, they're seeing their reflection Mm -hmm. more and they're probably judging their appearance. Right. Yeah. Unless they've done the work, you know, like Mm -hmm. I think when, when talking about all of this, like I think that there are people out there who have a very healthy relationship with food in their bodies and it feels neutral. You know, it doesn't feel charged Mm -hmm. in any direction. And so sure they can look in a mirror and it, is is nothing yeah well and for me like when i look in the mirror nowadays it's to like pump myself up Mm -hmm. you know or even sometimes like play some music dance and like especially you know recently it's like ben you haven't got this you know it's like let's go you know yeah and like it pumps you up yeah 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 so it's not obviously like Everyone has a different, exactly. it's subjective. Yeah. I would never say like, everybody get rid of their mirrors. They're the, you know, root of all evil. They're the devil. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> definitely not. No way. Um, but I do know, especially with the population I work with, oftentimes that is their relationship with the mirror is something that has power over them. You know, they can look in the mirror and it can send them judging. Yes. Just judging themselves. Um, that could be the trigger that just sends them for the rest of the day. They just feel not good enough or they just feel gross. You know, I hear that a lot. I feel gross. 
gross is not a feeling. And so we explore that. Um, But, you know, or I feel fat. Fat is not a feeling. Let's explore what's underneath that. So what is usually the case when someone says, I feel fat or I feel gross? Like, that's not a feeling, like you said. So what is that usually? What's the deeper connection? Yeah, there can be sadness, perhaps... um, sadness anger perhaps they could be angry at themselves that they ate what they ate or angry mm-hmm. um that they didn't set a boundary a lot of times anger is the result of not setting a proper boundary whether that's with food whether that's with a person who maybe commented on you know i mean the possibilities are endless um yeah they could be they could feel um guilt have you ever experienced someone on the opposite end of the spectrum? I know it's it's different and it's but I can imagine some people who let's say they have the quote unquote ideal body mm-hmm. and like the skinny models whatever. Mm-hmm. And have you ever worked with anyone or seen that they've struggled with body image because it's they're being told they're so beautiful? or they look so good so what usually happens with that end yeah so or maybe they attach their identity to that and when they get older it's a struggle or that's all they're good for or something yes totally all of that Mm. all of that and more so i think a number of things could happen you could have um someone who maybe they are confident in their body and they're getting lots of praise from the outside world but Mm. then all of a sudden it becomes there's pressure there's pressure to maintain that Mm -hmm. um oh if I don't look like this I have I have equivocated the way I look with my worth people Mm -hmm. like me because I look like this that's a very easy internalization for people to make of I'm lovable because I look like this or I'm successful because I look like this Mm -hmm. therefore if I don't look like this I will not be lovable or successful yeah yeah It's, it's funny because I'll be vulnerable right now Yeah, is I post pictures with my shirt off Mm -hmm. and like, I'm proud of my body, but a lot of people will, or just people will compliment on it, which I'm grateful for, Mm -hmm. you know, like I'm not saying, well, it sucks having abs, you know, (laughs) like I realize that it's like good genes. Yeah. I've worked for it. I eat well, whatever I eat nutrient dense foods (laughs) and, uh, However, though, I have caught myself. It's interesting that it's playing, but I want to be both like, hey, I want to be like sexy in that way. But like when I post that photo, I'm going to have a dope ass caption. You better believe it. Yeah. Like to like, it's like owning both. And I've just been experimenting and playing with that in my head of, because I don't want to be known just for that. Like I want to be like, man, you have a sexy mind. You have a sexy body. Yeah. Yeah. Like you're caring, you know, like I want to have like all of that. I'm like, and I'm invested in you. So what are your thoughts on that? I love that. I love how conscious you are. Like Mm -hmm. you're so conscious and aware of, um, the fact that, I mean, everything you just said, I think that that's (laughs) very, yeah, yeah, I don't think I have much more to say. Could I be a therapist? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, maybe like go to school first, get a degree, but um, but yes, yeah. with for that myself. degree, for therapist for yourself. There you mm-hmm. go. You're a very good <laughs> listener, and you oh, ask very you. good questions. That's the number one thing therapists do is they ask good mm-hmm. questions. Well, that's good. And yeah. uh, let's go into that actually. Yeah. Because I, I assume that's part of 
the your program or your coaching yeah. is listening and then coaching yourself. Totally. So if someone looks in the mirror and says, I feel gross, mm -hmm. what do they say to counteract or embrace a more positive self-talk? Yeah. So a lot of the work I do is somatic. So helping people, which is, I guess somatic is a fancy word for like, uh, being embodied. So coming into your body, uh, oftentimes we live like from the neck up. We're very, huh. we're a very thought centric, mind centric, uh, society. We think we make decisions, yeah. we do, we produce, we analyze, we create even that. It, um, and so I really try to help people drop into their body. So somatic, how somatic. do you spell that? S O M A T I C. Okay. And that's just below the neck. Is that what that it's, means? Or? Yeah. Um, uh, dropping into your body. So there's um, somatic where I went to school. Mm. I was in the transpersonal track, but there was also a somatic track. So there are mm. therapists that are somatic therapists that like that is their modality that they use is just all about bringing you into your body. So what does that look like? Um, noticing. So becoming acutely aware of like your feelings and mm -hmm. noticing um, it's going to help increase your intuition, increase your awareness of your intuition. If you're embodied, like we can't tap into our gut if we're just living in our mind. Right. Yeah. You, that's interesting. You know, if you're making a pro and con pros and cons list on paper, uh -huh. that's great. And it serves its purpose, but that's definitely using like our prefrontal cortex, our brain. Yeah. And then if we sit and meditate, so a lot of what I do is mindfulness as well. Yes. So I lead my clients in body scans, body scan meditations. Cool. Yeah. So what is that? What's a body meditation. scan meditation? So that is when you are either seated or laying down and someone guides you in bringing attention to each of your body parts, oh, okay, um, okay. either starting with your foot and working your way up or starting with your head, working your way down. That's cool. I love those. Yeah. I did one. Have you been to Indigo Flow and Art in Greenville? No, I haven't been, but you I, would love I know it. about it. Yes. I can. You would love it. Yeah. I went on Sunday for the first time yesterday Yeah. and did a, it was like a 35, 40 minute guided meditation. Okay. It was like, it's set. Like I still feel it. Like I feel Mm -hmm. just like so calm mm -hmm. and it was cool we did one like leaning back like on blocks with a pillow and it was like a heart opener oh, wow. and yeah. i can just tell mm -hmm. like like yeah. i had something that triggered me this morning for example yeah and i was able to like snap back into like positive affirmations yeah. and like i'm pretty sure that has something to do with it yes <laughs> yes yeah. yeah so that's a good th like so dropping into your body being embodied that's going to help mm -hmm. you notice those triggers more yeah. like that's a really great example of a way that being in tune with your body and its wants and its needs is helpful when you get triggered. Um, the more you meditate and the more of a mindfulness practice you have in your life, you're hopefully going to increase the space between a trigger and a reaction. Mm -hmm. And so the more you can become familiar with what a trigger feels like in your body, yeah. what is that response that's like, ooh, or yeah. like, no, or like, again, with boundaries of, oh, I'm being pushed too far, or this doesn't feel right. A lot of that happens in our bodies and our bodies will send us signals. But if we're not used to tuning into them, mm. um, we can miss it. So you're a fan of meditation then? Yes, I, love I it. am. In the school I went to, we meditated at the beginning of every class. What? That so. is my kind of school. Yeah, it's great. That's so cool. Yeah. Okay. Um, 
what about so you have a guide that mentions what is it like the rude what is it yeah so i have a guide uh how to handle rude so what like how to respond to people when they comment on your food or body so what does that so like what first off love this idea what is the like what's a comment that someone can make about food that's rude um ben do you want this piece of cake no thank you Oh, come on. I made it specially for you. Don't you want some? No, thank you. I don't feel like it. Oh, come on, Ben. I love this role play. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so how do you... Uh-huh. Right, like how do you handle that? Mm-hmm. Um, it could be like you get up for a uh-huh. second helping and I say something like, oh man, someone's got a big appetite today. Yeah, and those are just so common. So common. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, a lot of times we just take it. Right. Like mm-hmm. we just kind of like nod and we're like, ha ha, yeah. that's funny. Um, but the guide is to help empower people to, um, you know, if they feel comfortable to say something and say, stand up for themselves, um, be assertive and say whatever it is. I mean, there's a mm-hmm. variety. I break it down into different types mm-hmm. of responses that you can have different categories of responses of um, how sassy or yes. sassy. Yeah. How <laughs> sassy or not sassy to be. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Um, or like a lot of times people comment on weight. And so a big thing that is important for me to say is mm-hmm. that when we comment on people's weight, which we do all the time, yeah, like, hey. All the time. Like, no, I do. Like, I think I say, wow, you're looking good. Like, looks yeah. like your face looks just like chiseled or yeah. something. Yeah. yeah. So with that, there is an assumption for one that people, whenever someone loses weight, that they wanted to. Oh. Yes. Interesting. And so um, oftentimes, not I shouldn't say oftentimes, but sometimes People perhaps lose weight because they're going through depression. Um, they could have had a medication change. That is interesting. See, I've never thought about that. They Th- that could be weight, struggling with an eating disorder. Like, it's not always because you want to. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so, and may even if it is something that someone wanted to do, when we say, wow, you look so great. You Have you lost weight? There's an implication that they didn't look great before. Or yeah. they somehow, you know, you like them better now than you did a year ago when you saw them and they were a different size. So what would you say? So um, if you see someone who does look thinner, mm-hmm. what do we say? Nothing. Ooh. <laughs> this is, okay. This Definitely. Is a, this is good. It We're, is not your place to comment on other people's bodies. Okay. This is fascinating. Because, and you can challenge me on that. Yeah. Go for it. <laughs> so, yeah. No, I'll tell you my experience. Like, I definitely have to think about that. Because for me, it's co- like I'm a very appreciative person. Mm-hmm. My love language is... Um, words of affirmation. Words of affirmation. And, you know, I show love how I want to receive it. So, that is a big thing for me. Like, I'm just... a big ass appreciator yeah and so i do whatever i see good about people mm-hmm. or good you know in air quotes i try and compliment or appreciate or acknowledge that so if i just wouldn't say anything just like wow it's so good to see you mm-hmm. can i 
what if I just say you're glowing today? That's great. It's not like the way it's just like, wow, it's so good to see you. You look awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah. You look awesome. It could mean, yeah, you're glowing or mm-hmm. I think if you really want to comment on their weight, then I would just name it as an observation because then that mm-hmm. leaves it, that leaves room for conversation. If, if it's just the two of you and you're in a private space, you could say, I notice you've lost some weight and they can reply however they want you know they might reply and say yeah actually like I've been having a rough time or um yeah I've actually been working really hard and I wanted to lose this weight and I feel so much better about Mm. myself and then yeah that opens the door that's kind of an invitation for you to then comment on that or yeah I guess if it feels like you want to congratulate them, if that feels appropriate, then do so. But mm-hmm. I think we just make the assumption too often um, yeah, so that I, people that people always were trying to lose weight when they lost weight. Yeah, I think the the challenge that I'm thinking of in my head is like, well, Chelsea, do I have to try and think of everyone's feelings all the time? Like, why can't like my intentions are good? I like okay yeah yeah okay okay um you do not have to always think of people's feelings that Mm. is your choice if that Mm -hmm. if you that's not how you want to live your life um Mm -hmm. I just yeah hmm. (laughs) yeah this is you can think about it yeah I Uh well because where that comes from is like trying not to get offended right Mm mm-hmm of both ways of whatever someone says to you, don't be offended. And mm-hmm. then for me, I am a people pleaser. Mm-hmm. And so I, you know, work on saying like, Hey, I'm not going to worry about what they think. Mm-hmm. I mean, well, mm-hmm. but of course I still care about them. You know, I always mean the best, but like, I'm just, hopefully it goes back into the taking ownership yeah. of like meditating and self healing and doing the work. And, that's what I would just hope like if someone if someone's listening and they get offended by what someone says to them, maybe that's the trigger. Maybe that's an inclination that they need to do the work because to me, in my opinion, you can't expect mm-hmm. in a perfect world. Yes, but you can't expect people to like tiptoe around you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And tip by tiptoe around you, you mean not comment on their weight. Well, mine would go more expansive as far as just whether it's their weight mm-hmm. Or what do they think of me? Or even like at work, you know, in the office, you might have to try and like sugarcoat something. Like generally speaking, like I'm a, if anyone's listening and they know me, like Ben, you would never like hurt a fly. Yeah. But I think it's just that's one thing that I've worked on is just don't get offended. Mm-hmm. It just makes it easier of like you you don't understand them. That it goes both ways. Like we can't understand if I'm saying something to someone. I don't understand what they're going through, mm-hmm. but that's also works both ways. Absolutely. That they don't know my experiences of why I'm saying that or in the mood I'm in. Absolutely. Maybe I'm feeling jealous that they lost the weight. Right. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Interesting. I think that that's, yes, I agree with everything you're saying. I think that is very true and we do need to take ownership and responsibility for our own feelings and experiences. I think if I were just, if we are talking about commenting on weight, I would mm-hmm. just say in, in maybe in response to what you originally said, like, do mm-hmm. I need to tiptoe around people's feelings? It's like, well, no, you don't need to, but why, 
why do we need to comment on people's weight when there's so much else we can comment on? There we go. Why even risk it or not risk uh-huh. it, but just like why even go there? Right. Mm-hmm. Like what if we place the emphasis on something else or instead of commenting on something, we asked a question. OK, so what question could we ask? How are you doing? <laughs> what? Yeah. I don't want to know how people are doing. What? <laughs> what a crazy question. I mean, I remember when I came home from college one year and my I had lost a lot of weight and it was not for healthy. Re- it was not it's because I was doing so healthy. Uh, healthily, mm-hmm. healthily, yeah, um, uh-huh. yeah, yeah. Stress, depression, restricting. Mm-hmm. I, I was dancing at the time, so just like having very disordered relationships yeah. with food and stuff. And all I wanted was for someone to ask me, "How are you?" Like to look in my eyes and say, "I've noticed," or not even name it. I mean, they could just say, "Hey, Chelsea, it's great to see you. How are you doing?" But what I got left and right was, "Hey, Chelsea, oh my God, you look so good. You've lost weight." And it's like, that's not what I, you know, that's, no, y'all are missing me. I, like I, it feels, you, like, like you feel answer. unseen, right? Um, I like, no, I really like that answer of like looking someone in the eye genuinely mm-hmm, and just mm-hmm. saying, man, it's great to see you. How are you? Yeah. Yep. And like giving him a hug. Yep. And Ugh. then if they want to tell you about their weight loss journey, they're going to tell you, mm-hmm. you know, like if that's something they want to talk about, they'll talk about it. If it's not something they want to talk about, they might not even notice. Like these days, I don't own a scale. I don't have many mirrors. Like I honestly don't know if my weight fluctuates five or 10 pounds in one direction or the other. Mm-hmm. I trust that I'm, you know, moving my body and eating food that feels good to my body and mm-hmm. serves my body. And that's so, what I really focus on is just how I feel. Yes. Yeah. So if you're noticing that I've gained or lost weight mm -hmm. when I'm not even noticing, I'm like, dude, why? I don't know. To me, it's like, oh, wow, you're really paying attention to my weight. Like, that's not even something I'm thinking about right now. Yeah, for guys, like how that comes across usually is, especially like when you're in the gym or whatever, like you're lifting weights Mm -hmm. and it's, you know, it's funny. And when I'm in the gym, I actually do this because people compliment and like these strong guys who are definitely stronger than me, they lift a lot more weight and, but they're thicker mm-hmm. and they compliment on, wow, I wish I had you like really if, like your um, physique. Yeah. And then it's like, well, just so you know, like a lot of people wish they had your strength and it's kind of funny, like, you know, I'm throwing this out and like in a gym full of mostly men, but I say like, I say something to the effect of, like, but you know what? We all have different DNA and different genes and we all wish we had something. So let's just celebrate ourselves. Yeah. Wow. Something like that. But so this is probably like, this <laughs> is like for real. This is a conversation. Yeah. So this is com- like guys for comment sure. on each other's bodies. Oh, for sure. Wow. <laughs> Saying things like what? Yeah. Say it again. What do they just say like, to you? Man, dude, I wish I had. I wish I was as cut as you. Wow. And then someone will say, oh, man, dude, like, I wish I was as strong as you. Man. Yeah. I feel like guys really get um, in the eating and food world. I think we're just now starting to do research on men and people who Mm. identify as male or have a male body um, because for so long we've just assumed it was a female thing, which is definitely not true um but i think guys are less likely to talk about this for sure and especially when it comes to like seeking help yes um yeah 
So yeah, thanks for Mm -hmm. sharing that. Yeah, for sure. That's helpful for me to hear. You know it. And isn't it interesting just because this goes for so many things of you learn something from me and I'm learning something from you of, and I just thought that's, I thought just people knew like, yeah, that's what you do in a gym. Hmm. Like you look at how people look. Yeah. You know? Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So if anyone is going to a gym, but I guess that that's so common because you're in a gym and you're working out. I don't think girls comment on each other's bodies though in a gym. I think we like stare and we like, but no, I've heard people say like man, girl, like, looking good or killing it girls to another girl mm-hmm. okay i haven't been to a gym in a while <laughs> it's creepy I, yeah <laughs> it's creepy when a guy does it to a girl yeah, yeah you know yeah for sure that's a little bit creepy what do you think about um because growing up and like my grandma always told me like make sure you finish your food on your plate yeah and from their perspective it comes from you know growing up in the depression when yeah. there's there's a scarcity of food mm-hmm. but what are your thoughts on it now when there's an abundance. Yeah. So what are your thoughts on telling kids or people to finish their food? Yeah, I definitely don't encourage that. <laughs> <laughs> so what damage is it doing behind the scenes? Um, it's, well, it's teaching children or adults to override their natural hungerfulness cues. So if your body is mm. telling you that you're full and I'm saying keep eating, I'm just teaching you to kind of plow through, plow over that. That intuition, that intuition, that cue. And, um, I think it's also telling a child that like it's taking the power, uh, the power and control away from them. So when a parent has control of a child's food, that can actually be a scary thing. Like for a kid, um, when it's like the parents saying, no, you can't have this. Oh, you can have that. Mm -hmm. Oh, you need to eat more. You need to eat less. That's for a kid. They want to have control over what goes in their bodies. Um, and so if we're not allowing to an extent, um, children have this control that can feed into an eating disorder later on because a lot of eating Mm. disorders are based in control. So there's this need to control food that perhaps they didn't have earlier um, in their lives. If food was being controlled by a force outside of themselves, a parent, a school, a teacher, a coach, um, Mm. a dance instructor that's saying don't eat today. And, and then you're gonna, people are going to try to find that control. That's interesting. Yeah. All right. So we're going to get close to wrapping it up. Yeah. So before I come up with some of my last questions, where can people find you? My Instagram is at underscore Chelsea Hester underscore. And my website is www.chelseahester.com. And when to like... Can anyone sign up for a program? Like, do you do it in groups or how does that work? So I do individual coaching Mm -hmm. and I have a three-month program called the Soulful Food and Body Experience. And people can sign up. It is rolling admission. Um, I am about to do a big launch over the next two weeks where I'll be having some bonus offers and some good incentives for joining in the next two weeks. But if people want to start the program at any time, they can. Awesome. Yeah. And then I just barely introduced to you the scroll my soul feature. So what that is, is anyone who listens regularly, I have just a huge note on my phone and my computer 
of anything I'm inspired by, I keep a running list from conversations, from podcasts, Instagram posts, whatever. I keep a long list of running notes and you saw that and we scrolled through, all right? Yes. And we stopped on life should be lived to the point of tears. So what does that remind you of or make you feel or think of? Life should be lived to the point of tears. Um, to me, that brings to mind this idea of living with an open heart. Um, mm. I'm highly sensitive and I feel things deeply. And so when I'm moved to tears, it's because my heart is open and I've allowed myself to feel. I've allowed mm. myself to be moved by an experience. Um, it could be tears of sadness. It could be tears of joy, happiness, um, but to me, when I hear that life should be lived to the point of tears, it's this idea that like I can live big and yes. all in, like go mm-hmm. all in, live to the point where I'm allowing myself to be moved and inspired yes. and transformed. I totally agree. Like not fearless because I think fear exists in everyone, but having the courage yes. to go into the fear. Absolutely. Yes. And I've, since I've moved here the past seven months, I've, been moved to the point of tears through joy through pain more than I can remember Mm -hmm. even you know this is my meditation spot on the carpet right here Mm -hmm. you know looking outside but just kind of like bringing the vibes of the earth and sun in yeah and it was crazy it was Friday and Friday was kind of an emotional day because I've had more change this year than I've ever had in my life And then I realized like my nine to five Mm. life and some other things were coming to a close and there's this new chapter coming and like, I'm kind of getting teary right now, but it was like, it was kind of sad because it's over, but it was like appreciation for it and such an excitement for like what's coming. Mm. And so for me, it wasn't like a sobbing, but it was just like a thank you like Mm. like thank you like and I just got so many chills it was crazy and that was confirmation to me like Ben you're on the right path Wow. you know yeah Yeah. I'm like that's why I think that means is like live like man like jump without a parachute Mm. get heartbroken Mm -hmm. love like Mm -hmm. get disappointed yep like that's go all in yeah go all in like feel all those feelings because that's what life is for absolutely and I think it's interesting you mentioned meditating and having that experience because I think also what I get from that phrase is that in order to feel those feelings and in order to be moved to tears we have to create space for that Mm. so I think there's this idea of slowing down and creating allowing ourselves giving ourselves the time to feel the time to process these transitions. Mm -hmm. We can't just, you know, push our way through life. We have to allow the moments where we can sit in gratitude or appreciation or reflection Mm -hmm. and allow ourselves to be moved to tears. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, is there anything on your heart or mind or your somatics that (laughs) my somatic experience right now is I feel my heart feels super open I feel super grateful Mm. I feel really excited and blessed to be able to have this experience Mm -hmm. no really though thank you for this conversation you brought up a lot of cool points that I'll be thinking about and especially when I listen back to I'm like oh yeah and and I even like how you said like yeah like challenge it because a lot of people don't have that 
So I think that's cool when, especially like listening to podcasts, I mean, there's limited time, but it's cool to hear like, here's an idea. Here's the opposite of the idea. Listen to it. Just take what you want, absolutely. leave what you don't, you know? Yep. Absolutely. That's cool. For real, this has been awesome. Thank you. Yeah. Anything else? I don't think so. Okay. Well, thank you. Yeah. Thanks, Ben. Adios. Yo, my Goal Link gang was good. I hope y'all love that episode. And if you did, make sure you go and leave a review on iTunes. Even if you say, Ben, stop saying dope. Stop saying I love it. Whatever your feedback is, I would love to hear it. You can send me an email, but I would really appreciate it if you would go leave a review on iTunes. If you're on Spotify, Google, wherever you are, please go leave a review on iTunes if you love this episode. And this week's challenge... As you heard from Chelsea, and if you didn't already know, there are subliminal messages in marketing that can make us feel guilty. There's not many advertisements saying that you are great the way you are. Products don't sell that way. Marketing is mostly based on fear. It's just how it is. It's to grab our attention. And it makes you feel like you are missing something even when you're completely content. Marketing finds a way to play with your heartstrings as to why you need this new thing. And typically, that implies and it means that you are not good enough until you get this and you are not complete unless you get this thing this isn't a rant to raise up arms against marketing and advertising because i i like marketing and advertising like it's been fun for me to work with golink in this in this realm but this is to increase your awareness that's it increase your awareness about the messages that marketing is sending us So this week's challenge is inspired by Chelsea. We want you to locate and snap a photo of marketing images that imply you are not good enough. Advertisements that shame you into buying it. And you should be able to find plenty of examples in the grocery store aisles or even driving down the road. Like an example is the guilt-free or the reduced guilt ice cream, I think, that Chelsea talked about. So post a pic and tag at Golink Group. Tag Chelsea with the marketing images you find. So go find those images and tag us both. And we're doing a giveaway for anyone who participates in this challenge. And the cool thing about this giveaway, anyone who does this, it's not like, you know, a random winner. Anyone who does this, I repeat, anyone, all of you, if you post a pic on your story or feed and plus you tag us, Chelsea will do a free 30-minute coaching call with you. That's pretty amazing that she's opening her schedule that much to all of you. And I appreciate that so, so much. So any of you, you locate a photo, you snap it of the marketing image, and we just want you to become aware of it. That's it. And then Chelsea will do a 30-minute coaching call with you. That is dope. So I hope I see your challenge this week. Tag us both. You know what to do. Thank you for tuning in this week. I love you. Thank you for listening. If it's anyone, it's you. If it's anytime, it's now. Have an awesome week.